You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me with Alicia Watson. That's me. I'm Alicia Watson. Who are you? No, really, who are you? Even though I can't hear you, I need you to answer that question. After you say your name, can you tell me what that actually means? Your name is a label for something and someone who is very unique, a one of a kind to you. And though you may bear some similarities to others and you may be able to take a personality test or two and put yourself in a category with descriptions that sound like you and that you can relate to, the fact remains that there is no one in the world who is exactly like you. And that same thing can be said of me too. There are many people named Alicia Watson, but they are not this Alicia Watson. As pack animals, we, for our safety and survival, tend to look for ways to be accepted and to fit in. We are communal and relational, and we need people to survive mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. A fear of rejection overtakes just about all of us at one time or another. We spend so much time and energy trying to find our people, trying to be accepted by other people, trying to convey our value to people, and that's usually based on what they value, and trying to define ourselves in accordance with people. And that's understandable because we all have an innate need to be connected, loved, and accepted, right? A few weeks back, I did an Instagram live with Sheena of Pretty Girl County, and we talked about imposter syndrome. And I have to admit that I was caught off guard by the response to the post announcing the event. It actually made me kind of nervous. I knew about imposter syndrome, but didn't really consider just how many people are affected by it. Um, If you want to hear that conversation, you can head over to It's Pretty Girl County on Instagram and check out that conversation for yourself. But after we had the live, I gave it a little bit more thought and I wanted to devote an episode of maybe you're like me to the concept of imposter syndrome and, you know, give more of my thoughts on it. So maybe you're like me and you are not an imposter. Y'all know I love a good dictionary definition. So here it is. Imposter. Noun: a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. Some synonyms include impersonator, pretender, deceiver, fake, fraud, sham, charlatan, cheater, swindler, wolf in sheep's clothing, con man, con artist, hoodwinker, shall I go on? (laughs) There's more, but I'll stop there. How do I know that I'm not an imposter? Because none of these words describe me or what I'm doing or what I tried to do or what I want to do. And chances are you're not an imposter either. Hopefully you're not out here intentionally living a double life, manipulating others to their detriment or trying to con people. (laughs) But if you want some examples of imposters, let me think like, how many times have you gotten an email from the Nigerian prince who wants you to cash this check for him and send him back some money and save a little for yourself? 
Or how many times have you gotten the call from quote unquote tech support asking for access to your computer because they've detected some malware or some virus or something that you don't even have? How about the Instagram account that pops up in your name with the inconspicuous extra underscore that tries to con your friends and followers out of money in your name? Those, those my friends are imposters. Most of us have been victims of frauds or have had contact with frauds over the course of our lives, but we ain't that. We ain't that. Now, the idea of imposter syndrome originated in a Georgia State University study published in 1978 by doctors Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. And the study was entitled The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women, Dynamics in Therapeutic Intervention. According to the study, the term imposter phenomenon is used to designate an internal experience of intellectual phonies, which appears to be particularly prevalent and intense among a select sample of high achieving women. Of course, more than women are affected by this phenomenon. It most affects high achievers who feel like they have something to prove. Whether it's to prove our supporters right or our haters wrong, we are motivated to strive and be successful in our endeavors. And often we are, yet we still experience imposter syndrome. It's basically intellectual self-doubt. It leads you to question whether your achievements and accomplishments were a result of luck and circumstance instead of your hard work, gifts, talents, and abilities. It produces fears of being found to be a fraud and can cause anxiety and depression. As a result, our actions are not driven by confidence. Instead, our confidence is driven by our actions. You know, being a high achiever for the majority of my life, I've suffered from this syndrome from time to time, and it absolutely wrecked my confidence and self-esteem. Even worse, I put my faith in other people's assessments of me in order to find my value. That's that codependency I talked about earlier this season. This is problematic because in seasons where there are no designated tools to affirm me, no trophies, no awards, no report cards, no performance evaluations, no promotions, I could really lose myself and lose sight of my identity. Where you become a fraud is when you start to measure yourself against others' idea of success. Things that don't really even matter to you, things that are not aligned with God's purpose for your life, but yet you embrace them because you're chasing that affirmation and acceptance. And after a while, what you're doing starts to become unfulfilling because you're trying to fit yourself in a space that you were not molded for, that you were not created for. In the caption of my post on International Women's Day this year, I wrote that one of my greatest achievements was learning to be while being okay with becoming. This is how I have regained and solidified my confidence, acceptance, and agreement. When you accept and agree that you are fearfully and wonderfully made on purpose for a purpose by God, by a God that you know is infallible, it's easier to own all parts of yourself. When you can own all the parts of yourself, you don't waste time trying to be something and someone you are not. And you don't waste time trying to convince others of who you are. Imposter syndrome can be a passing thought if you let it. Me, myself, I'm putting a foot in the middle of its back and kicking it out of my house immediately. I get it out of there quickly because imposter syndrome is a distraction set up to deter you from getting to the work that God has for you to do. If you doubt your talents and abilities, if you doubt your call, if you doubt yourself, you'll be less likely to move in faith. And that is just what the enemy wants. 
He also applauds when you spend time trying to debunk the doubt within you in the wrong way. Instead, we have to capture those thoughts that make us feel like imposters and submit them to Christ. It's a mental and spiritual exercise that you have to consistently and constantly work at if you're like me. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Imposter syndrome creates a doubt within yourself that's rooted in ego, that's rooted in pride, that pride in that ego does not want to submit to Christ. And so the very first step to getting past it is to capture that and submit it to Christ. Who do you say I am? Lord, what do you say I'm supposed to do? And how do you say I'm supposed to do it? I agree with that. And I accept that. And I can move forward. I challenge you. If you claim to be a believer, then believe. Actively believe. You can't believe once and for all. You have to keep testing those thoughts. You have to keep holding them up to the sky like they do a $20 bill at the grocery store. You got to verify that it's authentic. Is this thought real? Is this thought from you, God? Because if you know who God is, how sovereign he is, how magnificent and powerful and wise and competent he is, trust and believe what he says about you. He has plans for you and sees a future for you and has equipped you exactly how he wanted to for you to do and experience all that you were supposed to do and experience. He equipped you and is equipping you and will equip you all at the same time. All this is happening real time because he sits outside of time. It gets kind of meta. Just stick with me. He didn't make one mistake when he made you. Not one. What you feel is real. What you are passionate about is on purpose. Your methods and mindset are intentional so that if you reach a resolution differently than how your boss or coworker might have, trust that you were equipped with a unique perspective and that's it. You were supposed to go about it that way. The only imposter here is that thought that comes to shake the foundations of your faith, your faith in God and your faith in yourself. Your faith in being the person that God has created you to be and think and do the way that God has created you to think and do. Listen to me, just because you are not them, like other people, people that you admire, people that you look up to, people who it seems easy for, that doesn't make you a fraud. You become a fraud when you try to be more like them than like yourself. You're pretending, you're being false. You're you're intentionally being deceptive. You're intentionally being an imposter at that point. No friend, you are very real. So lean in, stay authentic, stay true to yourself and own everything about you. Wins, losses, mindset and methods and encourage yourself while you're doing that. Now I know it's easier said than done, yes, but it's not impossible. Just keep connected to God and flood your mind and spirit with his word, with the voices that sound like him, with the voices of people who are seeking him, who are seeking his will and his purpose, who are wise and who are being used as vessels. Connect to content like on your social media or on your television, in the movies, things that you know are saying the things that you actually need to hear and not just the things you want to hear. Things that can confirm and affirm what God has been telling you, especially those things about you. Connect with music that uplifts your spirit, that affirms and confirms or whatever else. Just make sure it's on the same wavelength because what you put in is what's going to come out. 
So help yourself out, (laughs) put in the things that are going to help you to remember who you are and then remind yourself of that constantly. Connect to that and dig deep to press forward. Your identity is found in Christ and it's not in people's opinions of you. You have nothing to prove. And with that in mind, we can also let go of perfectionism because it is so closely connected with imposter syndrome. You don't have to do everything right. You don't have to be perfect. You can make mistakes. You don't have to know everything all the time. You don't have to show up in the way that everybody wants you to show up. You have to do things the way that people want you to do. Because if you're trying to please everybody, you're going to make that mistake because we're not all the same. But do know that you can do all things through Christ. You can leave room for God to be God and to fill in the gaps and to cover your shortcomings. Lastly, we have to work at being okay with rejection. Ah, It's so hard, right? It does not feel good. It does not feel comfortable. But rejection does not always have to be a bad thing. Realistically, we feel rejection from one source. But in the same moment, there are so many loving and supportive people happily accepting and inviting us into their communities, loving and accepting us flaws and awe. So those primal feelings that tell us that we need acceptance to feel safe can be put to rest. We are safe. We are loved. We are accepted. We are prized. We are valued. We are wanted. We are capable. Even if it's not specifically with the people that we think need to be giving us all that, there is always someone who needs you here, who wants you here, who benefits from you being who you were meant to be, who you were designed to be. So let's show ourselves some grace. Let's celebrate our wins and let's show up exactly as we were created to. Let us relish in who we are. That's an opulent word. It sounds luxurious. Yes, relish (laughs) in who you are because we are masterpieces. I'm a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece, but we are not imposters. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you're like me, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson. Send me a DM. Let's chat. If you know someone who's like us, please share this episode with them. And if you're loving the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. I love hearing your feedback and I really appreciate it. I hope you all have an amazing week. Okay. Bye.